I come to you today excited about finally diving neck deep into the theme, the thrust of this week of broadcasts right here on Bible Tract Echoes. I want to thank you for your interest, for your listenership even this far. If you would, grab your Bibles and turn to the book of John chapter 21. Our thought today, I believe, will lead us to a more firm understanding of the one whom we serve, God Almighty, but I believe it will also cause us, it will spark us, it might be a little bit of a flame that might help you and me be better about our evangelistic efforts. It might give us a little bit more of a heart for the lost. It might allow us to lean on, to trust him just a little bit more. Turn to the book of John, chapter number 21. I'll read the first six and a half verses while you listen right now. John 21, verse 1 says this, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth, and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But When the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, pause for just a moment, but they don't recognize that it's Jesus. Continue in verse 4, but the disciples knew not, the Bible says, that it was Jesus. How can it be a man they've walked uh, miles with, that they've listened to, they've heard his parables, how can they not know him? Verse 5, then Jesus saith unto them, children, have ye any meat? They answered him, no, and he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. If we can, let's jump in with a word of prayer first. I believe we need to ask for God's uh, clarity. We need to ask for the communication to be such that my desire today is to only be a conduit of what God has given me as I communicate it to you. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, we thank you so much for this grand opportunity to speak to so many folks, so many good Christian folks, but there may be one under the sound of my voice that does not know you as Savior. God, would you please enlighten their eyes? Would you please give peace to their soul as they lock their eyes on you? May they realize their eternal need. But God, may you give our Christian brethren, men and women listening right now, would you please give us soft hearts and open ears to your word as well today? Thank you for what you've done, but we pray in faith, thanking you for what you will do. We see here in verse number one of chapter 21 of John, one of the last appearances of Jesus Christ robed in human flesh. We notice a limited attendance of the disciples instead of the 11 disciples that were left after the betrayal of Judas. We see a limited attendance of only seven here, but also we see a lacking 
attitude. These men have turned their backs on an empty tomb. They've turned their backs on a mandate and a commission from God, and we see a losing attempt. They try to catch fish, but it's not working out for them. It's so often that God will not bless our efforts outside of his will. But in verse number four, the Bible says, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. The light arises, illuminates the Lord's arrival. I'm so thankful though, in verse five, we see Jesus saith unto them, here's where we pick up from previous days, children, have ye any meat? We see his loving attention, despite The insignificance of their current work, he shows an interest. He's going to deal with the source of the problems later, but he's kind enough. He's nice enough to deal with the symptoms here for just a moment. Aren't you glad that our measly problems are still acknowledged by him? Think about this. The very creator of the universe is kind enough, is tender enough, is caring enough, is compassionate enough to help us with that which feels so very large and imposing to our minds. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 says, for we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. No friend, he knows what we're going through. And I'm so very thankful for a personal and a powerful savior that we see in verse number six, he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and ye shall Find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it, draw the net for the multitude of fishes. We, of course, see the loving attention, but now the leader's authority. He said, Jump, and the men and the fishes listened. Think about that. Think about the limitless ability. We see the power that he has. Notice the lack of limitations. Matthew 28, verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And finally, in the beginning of verse number seven, look there if you would, John 21, seven, therefore that disciple, talking of John, whom Jesus loved, saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. Logical acknowledgement. Finally, they realize just who they are talking to. It does seem like it took them long enough, doesn't it? It's almost ridiculous at this point how much of an ordeal this has turned out to be. But can I say, friend, everything we've talked about on Monday, everything to this point on Tuesday, everything we've done today has just been lead up. To this point, we've just exposited a bit of scripture, made a tiny bit of application. But now I'd like to apply this entire passage to your life and to mine. The question I believe God would have us tackle this morning, afternoon, or night, regardless of when you're listening, if you would lend me your ears and your attention, and if you would lend God your heart for just a few moments, the theme, the thrust, the thought today is this. I believe God would have us ask this question, how did they know him? What caused John to finally be the first to look at Peter and say, um, um, I think it's Jesus. 
In the following few moments today and Thursday and Friday, I'd like to unpack from this passage. Let's take a pass very quickly at this passage to determine why and how they figured out it was him, the one they'd spent three years with, the one they'd broken bread with, the one they had watched die, the one called Jesus. Look at John chapter 21. I first ask this question in verse number four, look there, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Was his presence evident? You know, we're going to talk for just a moment about the presence of Jesus. John chapter five, verse 39 says this, search the scriptures for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Now we're going to talk about something called a Christophany, a, an earthly appearance of God before the New Testament here, before the Gospels, before we are introduced to Jesus Christ robed in human flesh in a manger. A Christophany is the angel of the capital L, of the capital O, of the capital R, of the capital D, the angel of the Lord that appears so often in Scripture, the very first occasion of the presence of the Lord becoming evident Imagine this, Genesis chapter 16, God visits Hagar. Do you remember Hagar? She was the Egyptian slave girl of Abraham and his wife, and she was used. She was used up. She was treated so poorly, and she was sent off into the desert with her son. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Hagar in the wilderness and told her that her offspring would be such a multitude that they couldn't be counted. This angel of the capital L-O-R-D spoke with the authority of God and said, He would be the one to multiply her offspring. This is a Christophany, a theophany, a pre-New Testament appearing of God. Could I remind you that one of the very first times that Jesus places himself in what appears to be human form on earth, he does it to speak to and make promises to the mother of the Muslim world. You say, hold up a moment. I, I can't believe that. That, that. That's really amazing. Can I tell you, when you were in the wilderness, do you remember what it was like when he came and found you? Think about, though he knew, God knew, the struggles and the turmoils that this pairing, Hagar and her son, would cause for a literal millennia to his chosen people, the Israelites, do you realize that he, in his great mercy and grace, knowing the trouble it would cause, still came to comfort and show kindness to Hagar? Before you think you are too unworthy of love, remember, we serve a God of limitless mercy and grace, and his presence alone can make all the difference. Realize that God appeared to Abraham multiple times, Abraham and Isaac, to Jacob multiple times, to Moses, to many others, Gideon, to three Hebrew children. Remember in Daniel chapter 3 when Nebuchadnezzar said, I see a fourth man in the fire and his form as like the Son of God. But can I tell you, his presence didn't stop making an impact in the Old Testament. 
Tomorrow, we're going to jump into how his presence made an impact in the New Testament as well, because we're asking the question here from John chapter 21, was his presence evident? Why did John finally recognize Jesus for who he was? Why did it take him so long? To be honest, I think his presence may have played a role But I don't believe it was the primary trigger. I don't believe it was the primary reason that he came to see Jesus for who he was. My question for you today is, do you know him? That's our theme. That's our thought. Do you know him? If I'm speaking of one whom you're not familiar with, if you don't know Jesus, I'd love to hear from you. If you have a question, a comment, even a critique, Could I hear from you? I'm going to give you my text number. You can text me right now. Are you ready? One time, good and slow. Are you ready? Write it down. Grab a piece of paper. Here we go. Three, zero, nine. Three, one, six, seven, two, four, zero. Join us tomorrow. Have a great day for his glory. Thanks for listening. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.